Deerdick was on the show, uh, pro skater, and then obviously the host of MTV's Ridiculousness. Uh, also a DC shoes guy because um, we had the unfortunate loss of Ken Block this week. So, and we and we talked about it on the Kroll show, and we'll play some interviews with him later. But Rob uh, was really inspirational, really in tune, just an entrepreneur. Uh, I loved having him on. I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan for years. Like, I mean, almost half my life. Uh, ever since his pro skating days, so, so was, I didn't know about the pro skating days. I found him the Robin Big days. That's the first time I saw oh. him. Not even the viral video, the show, but I know that he was skating now back in like '95, and that's yeah. when he first got involved in DC. Whenever that stuff came along, and then with you know, all the, all the history he has, it's it's uh, it's a very interesting thing with like Ken Block with Robin Big when he was in the car with him doing all those stunts and uh, all the stuff that was like off screen for 20 years prior. They're friends for over 30 years. Yeah. And I, I I loved Rob coming on, so why don't we listen to Rob visiting us back in July? It's Adam Carolla Show, 3345. What? <laughs> so many shows. <laughs> uh, Rob Deerdick, Gina Grad, Brian Bishop, July of last year. Uh, they just kind of go over a bunch of stuff, uh, surfing, uh, skating, uh, very fun little chat, and uh, just kind of pairs well with the next clip we'll be playing. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Rob Deerdick. What if Pringles installed a stop chip somewhere oh. random? It's a stop chip. Yeah. It's random. It's random yeah. to everything. Like, uh, you know, like, like in Vegas, you get to the, the, the well, card, cut the, the shuffle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just the guy takes that one yellow car and he just slides it through the middle. It could be the first one. Yeah. In no which case, no Pringles for you today. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be at the bottom. You yeah. could get lucky. But it, it could be 11 chips down. That's where you have to stop and walk it off. But but you know, you ain't walking it off. You're looking at oh, you. You contemplate. All you do is take a second to get mad at yourself mm. before you throw the blocker down and continue on your way of burying in the Pringles. Because the only thing that stops you is when there's no more Pringles. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's profound. And that's how we are as grazers. I'm sure we go through the same same issue. You know? Would I mean? you buy? The Pringles can with the stop chip in it, Gina. I wouldn't have a choice. I mm-hmm. would. I, that's that's. I think I could get insurance to cover that because that's medically necessary. <laughs> I think I would do it just to do that move. Back to uh, you ever play twenty one in Vegas playing blackjack, and the person to your right gets blackjack, and the person to your left gets blackjack, mm-hmm. and then after two hours, you realize those guys have each got four blackjacks, yeah. and you've got none. Yeah. I'd do it just so I could claim like goddamn Pringles can right, right at the top, two cans in a row, yeah. two cans in a row. Yeah. Jimmy over here, his Pringles always at the bottom. <laughs> Stupid. So uh, let's talk about uh, pro skating and how you got started because um you didn't start off as a host you start off as a skater right that's right that's right became a professional quit high school when i was 16 to turn pro for the alien workshop um and went to my first pro contest the european world championships with me and a friend my parents let me go by myself when i was 16 um and that was sort of the beginning of the the march of I'm going to really turn this into a life. Now, of course, I made $1,000 that year. And in my first year of being pro, I sold one signature board and I got a check for $2. Damn. Uh, so being a professional skateboarder in 1991 was not as lucrative as it is today. You know, But you stuck with it and you made money doing it. You have a lot of world records and things like that. You yeah. formed your own uh, 
skate, I don't know, tournaments and that, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. So was it kind of the, is that entrepreneurial side of you always, always rearing its ugly yeah, head? I mean, I like to say I was raised by entrepreneurial wolves. You know what I mean? Like everyone around me was starting companies and I, that's all I see, seen people do when I was 11, 12, 13 years old. And when I first, you know, when I, after I turned pro and moved to California, I built and started my very first company. And then really, you know, I, as skateboarding began to evolve, I just began to create companies in different ways to monetize it. And even even how I ended up on MTV was I wrote a skit for a skate video that was this idea that when I go to skate s- street spots and I get kicked out by security guards, I'm now going to bring my own security guard, mm-hmm. which turned into Robin Big. You know, I think mm-hmm. that was um, – just this continual evolution and then it moved into signature shoes and bigger and bigger brand deals so i was able to you know go from making a thousand dollar a year to making millions off of what i was able to create through the platform of skateboarding where'd you move out from when you came to la i was born and raised in kettering ohio uh and moved straight to san diego surf town san diego is where sort of the epicenter of uh, skateboarding was in that era does anybody skate and not surf or surf and not skate? Did you immediately start surfing? No, I've only I've only surfed once. I got towed okay. into like a 25-foot wave. <laughs> only time I ever ever died, almost died, is I got towed into a 20-foot wave in Hawaii with Laird Hamilton. Only time I ever <laughs> surfed. And if you can imagine, like you normally when you do really scary things, I've done a lot of dangerous things in my life, a lot of big stunts. But when getting towed into a giant wave, it's behind you. So you don't – it's not like facing fear. Just all of a sudden like a house collapses on you and then you're just fighting for your life. Uh, but yeah, that's the only time I ever surfed and that was – because most skaters – like you, you, a lot of skate surf guys blend the world and live in it, especially beach culture guys. But then like people that are pure beach mainly just surf and skaters you know, are mainly city. So none of them surf really. Got know. it. So you had never been on a surfboard before getting towed into a 20 20- – Five foot wave with Laird Hamilton. Yeah, it was remarkable. I was testing my man level. You know what I mean? Like, and it was like peak man level was was that wave because it's literally the only time I almost died. I got caught in two waves and I had two life jackets on. And when Laird finally got me out of the water, like he was like, "We are done." Like he really thought I died. I was down for so long, and I really was down long enough to where like I finally had to give up. Like, I couldn't find the surface, and right as I gave up, I, like, popped right into the surface. Like, I, like, had just enough buoyancy in those two jackets, you know. So, uh, it's funny, because Laird does that thing. I'll say, we're on Malibu. Come on by. Strap some weights to your dick and go in the pool. Uh, be, have great, you ever done it? It's a have great workout. I'm, well, I was thinking about it, but now I'm starting to worry. Hey, trust me. I've done it. You don't want to. Look. I'm and and he's layered, right? So when he's, yes. he's like, "Get out, get out of the pool," and like makes makes me go into the ice bath, and he's like, "You're fine, you're fine, you're built for this, your mind works this way." And it's like him just—it was so cold, and I wanted to die, but I didn't want to let him down. So I stood in this ice bath for like six minutes, whatever his requirement was. You know what I mean? Did so you look, go you don't from want the, to get caught in that the two hundred degree sauna into the ice bath? No, I was doing where because you got to run with the weight under the water that's right so i'm i'm trying to like like max out the capabilities of my lungs by running and trying to keep up with these guys it it was like man it was i'm glad i did it but i will never be back there it's too much for me so i want to talk about that protocol for a second 
<laughs> I look. I'll do the I'll do the hot sauna and then into the cold tub. But <laughs> running right. underwater with yeah. weights strapped to you, yeah, in a pretty deep pool. Uh, no, a giant deep pool built for running underwater with rates strapped to you. you is know what it? I mean? Is that? Is it? Did he like purpose build that pool? It is. It is literally built perfectly for his self-designed, unique workout. Like even the way it grades down and how wide it is, and it and the way that it's set up, it's built for those workouts. So. When did he try to drown you in the actual ocean? Was that Man, later? Here's the problem. Really, like, I've done a lot of interesting stunts, right? I've been attacked by a shark. I broke the world record for jumping a car backwards. I'm the only person to ever barrel roll a car, ramp to ramp, front wheel drive, like, jockey to horse for a race. Did all these really, like, intense, hardcore stunts. But I... Hated it the whole way through. Felt like it was dangerous. Never thought at one point it was a good idea or I was safe. And guys like Laird and Travis uh, Pastrana and Danny Way, they don't think like that. They don't have the gene of like, oh, this may be dangerous. They're like, this would be amazing. Let's go execute this. And so when you talk to someone like Laird and I say, hey, Laird, do you think I could be towed into a wave? easily right so it was like it was like so since he and he looks at me like you're gnarly you've done stunts you of course you could let's get out there and cheat death you know what i mean i'm like well i've never surfed and i don't swim that doesn't matter and look look even the day the day before we did it he's like "Uh, come meet me i want to i want to take you somewhere he drives me down to some like lagoon and he's like i come to here and i run because the sand's really deep and it burns your your calves and your legs i'm like oh amazing he's like get out and I'm like, oh, what? And now I'm running. I'm running in these deep, I can't even barely move. It's like quicksand. I'm burning. I'm dying inside. He's like, just take a break. Let's go. And then, like, we get over to this, like, part of, like, a river streaming in. And it's like, he's like, and then I take off uh, my shirt and I'm. And I cold plunge into this river right here. I'm like, that's amazing. He's like, take your shirt off. I'm like, oh god, here we go. And I and I cold plunged it with him. But yeah, that's that's the lyrics. Then I kill a drifter. (laughs) Hold this piece. That's really chamber round. Let's do it. Really, what it could have been. But but that was my layered experience. So he put two life jackets on you. Mm -hmm. Something I've been wanting to talk about, which is, uh, I got the beach and oh don't say sunny does this no ordered had someone just order me a couple life jackets because uh people do the sea kayak i don't i don't care but uh some people want them yeah they show up you know amazon they're both um and many are uh a a dark kind of a navy blue with like sort of black inset Mm -hmm. piping whatever and i'm like why are you making this the exact color of the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> and Even harder to see the when I, I was watching that show, The 100-Foot Wave, mm-hmm. everyone is out there with a black wetsuit, a black wetsuit cap, and probably a life jacket that is the same exact color as the ocean. And the problem is, is once the shit goes down, they can't find these guys because it's just a sea of ocean. Anyone want to get, get a little orange into that? You should have marquee lighting yeah, yeah. going around yes, it. Yes, yeah. it's fucking weird. Why would you even offer a life jacket that's the exact same color as the ocean? Make them? Why make them? Why are they Great all question. this fucking yellow? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's got an iridescent tuna on it. <laughs> yeah, it feels like maybe sharks are attracted to yellow. There oh, must be, there must yeah. be some reason. Yeah. Well, I, so, so you're wearing two, mm. and, and is it like 
but is it you know they they used to say yeah, wearing two condoms isn't twice as effective, but I don't know if it's Look, the same with life jackets. In this case, as opposed to a, a double layer of um, penetration, mm-hmm. uh, ejaculation, protection, uh, this just added more buoyancy to mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, and, and I just think it was it, – it ended up really saving my life, uh, but it was a precautionary thing just in case, you know. And so the, the – you, you – the toe-in is he's on the Sea-Doo or the jet ski or whatever. Oh. Is this it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, was we footage of it? it? Yeah. Turn up the sound. Oh, okay. Mark doesn't do anything. Reason. It's not films. Wow. Yeah, like this part's the scariest part because it's like, you know, you're, you're, you got your back. You're all sharky before and you get into he's it. He's towing, you know I mean? he's, he's towing you in on the jet ski and you drop in. On the way, you're doing it. I mean, yeah. you're surfing. It's a yeah. big ass wave. And it's a big yeah. ass wave. And then later, a sea of oh, ocean. A sea of ocean. <laughs> and you went up and over the falls, right? No, I went down on on that one. I don't know exactly what happened. I did it four times, but on the one that that really got me, there was two waves behind it. Oh. So as I as I was trying to get it, then boom, got hit with the second one. You know what I mean? And you didn't crack a rib or no, nothing like that. Not you know, it is it is water. It's really like you just have no idea where you're at, and all that like that wash is where you're, and you've been spun around so crazy. You just you can't tell where. To kind of like put your energy to get to the surface, you know, you don't know where the surface is. I think a big wave, it's sort of like a bird in that if you ever just go out and you get hit by like a three footer, it'll knock you back and fuck your shit up. And like, I remember I had the sea kayak and I tried to ride it in. I was going to catch just like a little mini wave and it fucking purled and went over and got spun around and fucked up. You can body surf the shit of a three foot wave. You you go on a 25 footer. It's sort of what I'm saying. It's like a bird. It's like a, a regular sized crow can fuck your shit up, but imagine if it was like Cessna size. You yeah. know what I yeah. mean? Like it, what an impact! Yeah. So, uh, it, but, it, but again, it's like you know that, that was the beauty of Fantasy Factory, right? Like the show premise allowed me to do all those type of stunts, and so I just had this like amazing highlight reel <laughs> of all the things that I got to experience through that show. Uh, which is cool, but way way more taxing than you know standing on a on a stage talking about uh, people slamming in videos. You know, <laughs> I want to offer this up to uh, the staff member that prepared your bio, which is uh, I like more of this on the bio, unless he proposed to his wife at Disneyland. I oh. feel like this is well, that's sweet. that could be gnarly. That's nice, that. but I'd rather have Laird trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I've done a lot of things. I'm a hard research. You know what I mean. Um, but did any Disney employees like tackle you or? Did no, no, no. I bought the entire cast of Aladdin. Right, so I bought the whole cast out, and then I, I basically went there the night before and set the whole thing up where we she thought we was going going to see it i said i had to go use the restroom and the way the show works is an elephant kind of goes through the crowd it's a fake elephant and so i when i went out to the restroom i got on the elephant and then i rode it in so like as it comes in front of the stage she's like you know what and then i asked the genie for three wishes and one was to be in the aladdin show the second was to spend it with the most beautiful amazing girl 
girl in the world, and they brought her up. On and stage. Jasmine comes out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. My wife, look, the, my wife looks hot. like Jasmine. You know, and oh, nice. and so um, then it was amazing. Like then I'm like, can you give me something that could show that this is a true forever love? You know, whatever. And then they bring out like an egg, and I'm like, nah. You know, then they bring out the ring. And then the whole cast goes away. The lights go low. You know, I do my whole proposal. You know, you know, this like love. Your dreams are my dreams. You know, my whole my whole speech of of what this forever love will be. Um, she says yes, and then they play the 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 th- the song, and then the the carpets going and the smoke's oh. going right like yeah, whole oh. new world. That's right. Yeah, and so it was fantastic. Was, was, Pivo, that's <laughs> right, Pivo. Was Laird? Was Laird there? <laughs> Fortunately, there Laird was not there. How about just you? do it? <laughs> just tell her you love her. Let's go. Well, you're gnarly. <laughs> now we got to go to the. Uh, the under, what is Going the to Tahiti? What's the submarine ride they used to have oh. over there? There's Autopia and there's the submarines. Right? Yeah, it's they just, just called, called the, the submarine ride. They never gave it a yeah. good name. They must have given it some. Anyway, yeah. put these barbells in your <laughs> underpants. Let's go. We're walking to Tom Sawyer's Island. <laughs> so uh, doing a barrel roll in a car sounds pretty cool, too. Yeah, that was the – man, that was the, – the worst thing about that one was they couldn't engineer it and get it to work. Submarine Voyage yeah. is what it's yeah. called. Eh, then it was a little lackluster. That, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but that, that was – I couldn't – the the problem with a front wheel drive car, and you got to think like it was a mega multi million dollar integration deal because I owned the integration rights to Fantasy Factory, so I, uh, so I would sell big deals, and, uh, and this was a big Chevy one, and it was for a Super Bowl commercial and all this stuff, and uh, and so I had to do it, but we never quite figured it out because the weight of the car in a front wheel drive car, you know, they used to flip cars in the seventies, um, but the weight of that they were real wheel drives right and it was it balanced the car the right way and the front wheel drive made it super difficult so we had to make a sideways landing ramp and then they just they screwed me by making like these two thin rail like like tracks i had to ride up so i couldn't miss them within like you know six to eight inches and then i had to go exactly like 42 miles per hour Uh so i had to put tape on the window and drive with one eye shut in order to try to line it up to the the front wheel and the track and then it was just like 42 43 42 41 42 43 and then just I somehow landed, smacked my head into the 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 side. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> and then I it. I somehow finagled it out uh, out to be able to drive it away. But it didn't work in any of the practices. Oh, wow! You know, overshot the mark. Wow! But still was able to drive it that away. That was really bitching. Yeah, you can be pissed about it, but that's fucking impressive. No, I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, it's still like, man, I was so high off of that, like, like. You know, because going into it, it's like, this is so dumb. I got so much going on right now. Why would I even risk my life like this? I have so many more dreams and aspirations. What what would Laird say? Laird would be like, just, I mean, it's just flipping a car. And then I say, don't make it really simple and be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's just, let's just go. I think, sorry, I'm just curious. Does 42 miles an hour sound fast enough? No, but because it was to get that, you can see how small the ramp is and and what the distance was, and I still overshot it. For some reason, they just made the. They should have just made it. Hey, you just got to get close mm-hmm. and like get within a range. But instead, by going just a little bit over forty two, is why I overshot the ramp a little bit. There. Wow. The um, 
I believe, Brian, this was first chronicled in a Bond movie. Let's hear it. The barrel roll car. Was it? You were talking about telephone pole or something? Yeah, that it was over a bridge. They, they it broke? was over a bridge. No, yeah. Te- telephone pole is how they would flip cars. That's right. They put a short else? piece of telephone pole. Oh, this is totally something else. This is a barrel roll, what Rob just did, in a car on a bridge in, I don't know, Diamonds Are for No, not Is this Man, Man with, with the Golden, golden Gun? gun? Yeah, Man yeah. with the Golden oh, Gun. Oh, one of the worst yeah, movies. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the OG version of it right here. They did this in like an AMC something yeah. back, in the, back in the day. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty. Wow. Yeah, look how much clean. See, it's, it's beautiful. like, you know, I hate I to look back on on my life and be like, man, I wish it would have been that clean. <laughs> <laughs> Over a river and a clean oh, landing. Man. And, and you impressive. know, those were analog yeah. days. Yeah. No yeah. computer yeah. simulations. Right. Or that somebody. guy didn't even have a seatbelt. All right. That guy was holding a course. <laughs> there was a baby in the front seat. You know? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the thing about those shitty Bond movies is like, they're, even the bad ones, like that one's pretty bad. There's always something, one or two things that are like, wow. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. lost history. I guarantee he may have not been holding a beer, but he's definitely smoking yeah, when, when, sure. he, when he did that fucking stunt. Yeah. What kind of shark uh, did you swim with? Man, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, what was, what kills me is that you can like actually like go and get attacked by a shark on purpose legally outside of the United States. You know what I mean? Like it was, because I was trying to think, because in Fantasy Factory, I would write them around different businesses or, or, you know, I would integrate all the different like companies that I had. And I had a cartoon on Nickelodeon and a, a toy line in Walmart at the time called Wild Grinders. And so one of the skaters in the little crew was called Shark Attack. So I was going to do this stunt to promote the launch of them in Walmart or whatever. So I, and of course, you know, and I had never like dove before, so I had to even figure out how to scuba dive in the first place. Every anecdote Rob starts, a, a cliff just pops up and appears. Yeah, and but the crazy thing is, is like it's a you know a reef shark, but you put tuna on your arm. Jesus, you know what I'm saying? You're not in a cage or anything. No, you're like, out you there. just and Open it's water. like you want to talk about like not knowing what you're doing, right? So then like got you in the arm. Yeah, so you're just rah 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 rah. They put you in the chainmail wetsuit. Yeah, so you have the chain suit on so you can take that that grip. That was from Thunderbolt. Yeah. (laughs) What country was that? That was in the Bahamas. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if... Well, what would Laird say about swimming with sharks? <laughs> hey, you know, Laird, I don't think he would approve of that one. You know what I'm saying? But, He'd be like, respect respect the shark. I oh, that's meant the to be angle. Played, but right? I think I mean? Laird... Should start implement, um, implementing the chain suit into the swimming pool training because oh. that'll keep you at the so bottom. You yeah. yeah, And there ain't no dropping the dumbbells when you're wearing <laughs> the suit, right? That There's could be like, a problem. I have like a faint memory of seeing a chain suit there. When I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> so I think he might have already implemented it. I don't know. Yeah, because if you're if you're in the pool and you want to give up. You can drop the, the yeah. dumbbells, yeah. right, and come up sure. for but some... But do you want to let Laird down? No. no. What's no. on the surface is much worse than what's in Davy Jones' locker. That's for sure. A watery grave, and again. <laughs> but no disappointing eyes. I wonder, well, I've had... Um, oh, God, I was just thinking of the name of his wife. Um, uh, uh, Gabrielle. Gabby. Gabby yeah. Reeves. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, Gabby's great. Yeah. She's been on. And I'd like to go check it out. Mm. But I definitely want to be like 
is Laird around, or is she like at the market or uh, something? Because I've like, been counting Australia. Me. I look, could come over there with look, her. No, no, it's one and the same. Oh, when, she's look, the same. She was like, she was over there putting pressure on me. Like you can hold the whole time. Like she wasn't when I would try to come up in the middle for breath when you do like the not the full length but just the width of the pool. Like she was still putting me pressure, like t- trying to tell me like no, like hold in a deep. You can get when you think you can't have have it when you have nothing left to give. You still have much further to go. Oh, she was like putting it on me, so no. you know, there's no, no easy there's way no in. Escape, so I'm just yeah. gonna have to break in at night and do it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. If you want to experience it, that may be the only <laughs> way. I'll just do. When do you guys go to Maui again? because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, I guess, go out for six months at a time or yeah. whatever. You gotta, yeah, they do you gotta have follow a life, the man. surf. <laughs> And that was Rob Deerdick back in July of 2022, and I I loved that interview. He's welcome on anytime. I mean, plus you know I'm just so versatile, mega fan. Yeah, so so exactly, he's just so versatile and uh, really well. Drew's been on ridiculousness. Adam should do it too. Adam would be great at, the, at that show. I the think. producer said he was a huge Loveline fan. Oh well, let's do it. Let's he reached get out him on. to me. He's like, "Hey, Drew came on. Can I be the clip?" I was like, "Yes, you can." Aw, yeah. Let's get him on then. All right, but anyway, now let's get to our final clip of the day. Uh, Ken Block, we talked about him, just an uh, incredible uh, rally racer, driver, uh, pioneer in motorsports. Uh, we, we lost him in a horrible snowmobile accident this week, and it, it was just shocking. And, of course, he's been on the show. He's been on CarCast. Adam's filmed an Xbox commercial with him uh, in Fontana. Like, I mean, he, he's been... he's. He's been around the universe so many times in different oh, ways. Yeah. And back in 2013, we actually went out. We drove out to CES in Vegas and did a live show with him uh, at one of the booths. That was a Ford booth. So let's uh, let's listen to us talking to Ken back in January of 2013. Adam Carolla show episode 990. Ken Block, Allison Rosen, Brian Bishop live from CES January of 2013. We don't need to take a break. We'll just bring uh, Ken Block up here. Have a seat, Ken. Good to see you, buddy. Give him a hand. He's the guy who's doing all those incredible things in his uh, Ford Fiesta. What are you driving? Is that a Fiesta? Yes, I drive a very fun little, actually a couple different ones, but they're all Ford Fiestas. And are they, I mean, I know they're highly modified. Uh, this, This thing... Uh, first off, how many downloads does the first Gymkhana have? Uh, well, we've done a total of five of them uh, and then a bunch of little ancillary videos around them. And the first one alone has about 20 million, and the total for the whole series is about 250 million. It's funny because we live in a society where we're constantly trying to send the message drive slowly, 55, safe. Uh, uh, click it or ticket, but all we need to do is see somebody driving their car like an asshole, and it gets 20 million downloads. Yeah, because you, know you know what doesn't get a lot of downloads? Someone driving 35. You know what? I'm going to do... You know what I'm going to do? You know what do I'm gonna that. Do? Ten, I'm going to put my hands at 10 and 2 on the steering wheel, and I'm going to drive at the uh, posted speed limit. Through the city streets with the radio turned down, and we'll see how many downloads I get. I bet I, I mean, do a little. Prove me wrong. Maybe I I'm bet wrong. I do better than twenty million. So, Ken, first off, where did it? Uh, how did it start for you? I mean, just uh, running moonshine, 
in North Carolina? Like, where, where did the driving begin for you? Uh, well, for me, I've just been a fan of rally racing since I was a little kid. For some reason, I was just never a big fan of, of uh, you know, the typical American motorsports. I loved Formula One, but especially uh, rally racing. But I never knew that it actually existed in the States. So uh, in 2004, Travis Pastrana actually did a couple rallies here in the States. And it just woke me up to the fact that I could actually go out and race rally here in America. And I found out there's actually quite a good little championship here in the States and a few good drivers. And I've had a lot of fun since basically 2005 actually racing in the U.S. championship. And uh, I do about 20 events a year between rally and rallycross. What is, uh, I don't know what's going on with these mics. There they are. It's ironic that here we are at CES and yet we're having a bunch of technical problems. Or yes. maybe, maybe not. Oh no! Wait, we got a new new microphone. Test one two. Ooh, ooh, that ooh. sounds good. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, there you go, <laughs> Paul Bryan, everybody. Uh, I I got to tell you the the rally series that you guys run on the asphalt with the dirt brought in. And uh, the jumps and the berms and everything is just some of the most exciting racing I have uh, seen in a good long time. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, my whole skills and everything come from racing four-wheel drive rally cars. So anytime I get to do something with one of those cars, it's always a good time. So anything from racing in the World Rally Championship uh, to actually, you know, filming and driving uh, Gymkhana events or doing the videos and now even with the Rallycross all of it is a really good time and, and the Rallycross especially because it's the only time that I actually race door to door with anybody and at that specification my little Fiesta puts out about 600 to 650 horsepower yeah then that that is bone stock ladies and gentlemen so if anyone's looking for a Ford Fiesta um, that's early. 600 and something horsepower out of a, like a two liter motor, right? So um, that is, I'm sure has a turbocharger strapped to it and is running like uh, aviation fuel. But that's an insane, uh, that is 300 horsepower per liter, which is insane. And all wheel drive, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. It does zero to 60 in about 1.8, 1.9 seconds. So, Which, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know it, like uh, the most the most expensive Ferrari is probably doing zero to sixty in the mid threes, mid to later threes, eh, three five, three four, something like that. So to be doing zero to sixty in a Ford Fiesta, and uh, I mean it's like super bike speed uh, is absolutely insane. Yeah, and when we get eight of those on the track going door to door, it's uh, a lot of fun. There's a a lot of good drivers that I compete against, uh, like Travis Pastrana, Dave Mira, Tanner Faust, Brian Deegan. So we have, we have a good time. Allison has all their posters up on her ceiling. Yes, I kiss them every single night. Yeah. Uh, and I cover their eyes when I change. I was, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was excited. Uh, Tanner Faust is a good guy, but to me, his greatest work was done on Red Dawn Part 2. He did the stunt driving on Red Dawn. Do you do stunt driving? I imagine that's a, a gig where, you know, Fast and Furious Part 27. <laughs> By the way, when you start passing porn movie series in numbers, that means you should probably hang it up. 
Yeah, actually, I don't do any stunt driving. Uh, I, I don't. I, my, the base of everything I do is actually com- competition. I loved. I love racing. So you say they're all pussies. <laughs> no, they're actually you're quite. Saying Tanner's a pussy. No, they're actually saying. all quite. So he's good. a sellout. Is what yeah. you're saying? No, I, didn't I actually like Tanner a lot. So much. Wow. I heard you call him a sellout and a pussy. <laughs> all right, interesting. Yeah. Well, he'll be glad to know that next time I speak to him. I have, I have a question. Um, before the show, we were talking. You were talking about your family, and you were saying you have three young kids. And I'm wondering, how do your wife and kids feel about you spending your time spinning cars and whatnot? Uh, my wife's actually raced three rallies. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I'm very lucky that uh, I, I have a wife that really enjoys what I do, comes out to all the events that she possibly can, and the kids have just been growing up around the cars, obviously, since they were born. So it's fun to have a family that comes out and enjoys what I do. And, and like I said, my wife has actually done three rallies and wants to do more. But, I mean, are you ever nervous? or I, Maybe I'm not aware of what it would feel like to actually do well Ken, Ken told me puts child seats in the car they're not just rolling <laughs> oh, around right. in the that back cha- that changes everything then yeah there you have a seatbelt and yeah. a child seat and they're all secured in the back of the Fiesta okay so they're, yeah they're, I just I imagine them sitting on his lap no 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 videos. no I they're I, yeah. belted down <laughs> Adding extra weight to the rear end so we can hook up off the start. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Sorry, Ken. Go ahead. We, we actually tried to put one of the child seats in the passenger seat about a month ago to see if really? we Really? Yeah. Wow, you're a horrible parent. You're worse <laughs> than me. That's, oh, you really tried to do that? <laughs> yes. And put a midget in there or, or one of your own? No, my six-year-old has been dying to get wow. in the car. Dying to get <laughs> in that rally car. Interesting. Bad choice. Well, no, but you're, I, I, you know, people do this all the time, but you have a, you know, six-way harness, you're in a cage. I mean, it's as safe as they can make the sport, right? Yes, with age comes a cage. Yes, with the age comes a cage. You know, it's funny about the harness. Uh, there was, there used to be a five-way harness, because I do a little vintage racing on occasion, and now there's a six-way harness, and I'm like, where's the extra yeah. belt? Because you got the left and the right, and then you got the shoulder, and then the other shoulder. So that means two yeah, what's being up the middle, and that means uh, mule ears for the Johnson down there. We're splitting. <laughs> We're going to try to pick up this sack spare here. That The six ways split in the sack. What was wrong with five? Was it... Well, if you think about it, five was a strike on the sack. Yeah. If, if, if you would think about the sack. You had to sack. choose yeah. your favorite. Ken, you got the six-way now, right? Yes, of course. The, the main reason for that, from what I've been told, is the fact that if one, if the center one pulls out, you're in trouble. So there's the backup one in the center, so you have two. I like the junk split, though, myself. Yeah. You know I like that mean? reason better, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's called the submarine belt, so you don't <laughs> go under, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, Ken, when you go out and you do these videos, and they're amazingly, they're, they're, they're ballet, except for in a uh, fiesta, uh, you, you map it out, you choreograph it, you, you, get, you get the timing and the run right, but h- how many times do you actually hit something and screw up? Uh, I, some, some of the stuff I do in one or two tries, and some stuff, if it's much harder, can take up to ten tries. And the, the main thing is like it, it, the background of this actually comes from skateboarding. If you watch a skateboard or a snowboard video, they work very hard on particular tricks and then only put in the best Right. complete trick 
And that's kind of where the concept of this originally came from was, you know, hey, I, we have a particular course. Let's go out and film, you know, me driving through it and put the best pieces together to make a dramatic video. And for me, it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. The more tries I do on stuff, the more fun it is for me. But I, I really genuinely enjoy doing this. The, you know, playing with a car that's got 650 horsepower and trying to be this precise with it is actually quite entertaining. Is uh, X Games now bigger than it's ever been? I mean, me and Jimmy Kimmel did one of the first X Games in San Francisco, like in 1999, and it was just like 11 people and some guy named Lucian Stein who just strapped himself to a furniture dolly and went down a hill in leathers. Like, it wasn't even a... It wasn't even a sport. Like they didn't have anything. I don't. I don't know that there's a sport that has grown as fast as the exports in the last ten years. I mean, football's popular, basketball's popular, but if you looked at a graph, it's through the roof. And I don't know what the next step is. I'm guessing X Games throughout the year, right? Uh, kind of. Uh, this year we actually have four X Games events. Uh, so we have uh, one down in Brazil, we have Barcelona, Spain, Munich, Germany, and then the final one in Los Angeles uh, in August. So it's uh, going to be quite exciting because you know, they're, they're trying to broaden it. It's become obviously very popular and they're trying to take it around the world. I feel like they love everything in Brazil way more than we like things. You know what I mean? Like I feel when, like it's a parade every single day. Yeah, like when people talk about bands, like they go... Oh man! Oh, let me tell you something. Mixed martial arts, huge. They go and nuts they for go it. Nuts there, and then you. You, know, you think you like it? Go to Brazil. X, yeah, X Games in Brazil, huge. I, I think if I could say the Rubik's Cube. Oh my God! In, in Brazil, Brazil, they have a 19-day Rubik's Cube marathon. Nuts. Oh, but I just feel like they're just drunk and go nuts I do for too. everything. You know what you, yeah, and you know what you never hear though, like mm. um, office jobs. Oh my God, they go nuts for them in Brazil. Right. You know, you don't hear this one either. I, I'm really big. I'm really popular, except for in Brazil. <laughs> no traction in that land. Not popular at all. Zero enthusiasm. Right. No. So, and, and maybe people aren't calling other people out on it because if I'd said to Ken Block. How's the X Games go over in Brazil? He's going to go, huge over there. But I'm never going to go, bullshit, I'm coming with you. I'm going to check it out. I'm getting a head count. Yeah. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I know. I don't think they're nearly as enthusiastic as you portray them. We need some Brazil intel. Yeah. Ken, how is it in Brazil? I have no idea, but I can't can't wait to go, though. Oh, oh, yeah. I've I've never been there. Oh, it's going to be huge. I've done one WRC race down in Argentina and... Those are some of the craziest fans. There I've you seen. go. That's I, exactly. I, I mean, we were doing an autograph sign, and literally they had to push ATVs up against the fence because the fence was falling over. Right where I was at. Right, so. so big, so big. That's my point. Maybe they need Xbox or something over there. I feel like they, maybe they need uh, internet porn or something. I don't yeah. know what's going on with those yeah. people. Whatever it is that's taking the zest out of the life for the rest of us, they need yes. some of that. I. Uh, I wanted to be in the writer's room when they were pitching, when they were doing uh, Fast... Was it Fast Five? 
Oh, you don't lower yourself to doing stunt driving, can no, you? No, but his arch nemesis Tanner Faust does. Yeah, fast six. No, fast five. But uh, starts off in Brazil, and the guy, you know, so the guy would be pitching it, and he'd be like sweeping helicopter with a jib on it, shot of the giant Jesus on top of the mountain. And then Brazil, by the way. I would like to be the guy in the room go, Steve, that is so original. <laughs> Never before has that picture been taken to, to illustrate that this is taking place in Brazil. Yeah. I is, don't know if the world's ready for it. Yes, I, I know. But I do want... Do you get... Do you, has anyone been to Brazil? Do you get to climb up the giant Jesus? Do you get inside the giant Jesus? Like the Statue of Liberty? So there's stairs up through the vagine or the ass of the... Jesus doesn't have a vagine. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was a dude. So you go up through like... Yeah, what, are you, feels... what are you entering? All right. That feels, uh, pardon the pun, sacrilegious to me at about the halfway point. That's when it becomes sacrilegious. But... I don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable climbing inside of Jesus that way. I'd just uh, stand back and admire him from afar like most of us do. Yeah. So then you get up there, and then you get a nice view of the slums that uh, he's doing nothing about. All right. And how big is that? And then when did the French drop it off? I feel like when someone comes up with a huge statue that you get to climb inside of, that's the work of the French. Yeah. Did somebody drop that off? Because I don't feel like the Brazilians did that. Jesus built it. Okay. What's he like? I have have too many of these at home. Oh, there he is. Yeah. In -hmm. general, I don't feel the need to climb up inside of things that involve potentially winding staircases. Who? Brazilians built it. Oh, I'm sorry. 1800s. All right. There's someone named Gustavo from Brazil. How big don't is the X Games like over there, Brazil? You don't know that, but it's going to be huge. You guys are really excited. <laughs> is there anything you're just sort of lukewarm on or a little bummed out about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, the Brazilians, eh, Mardi Gras this year. Eh, I'll yeah. give it a five. <laughs> Not that into it. I'll get some face paint put on, but not the whole face. Right, right. I'll show a little ass cheek, but not both ass cheeks. I'm mailing this one in this year. I just don't have it. Just it's not where my heart is. Yeah, is there anything that you guys feel that way about? Yeah, what in Brazil? Like, what do you do? Like, every time your mom brings out like a plate of lasagna, do you go, "Oh my god, this is the best! This is the best lasagna I've ever." That's Italian thing. Okay. I just feel like the Brazilians are pumped up about everything yeah. all the time. He's lying to us. They He's are. Lying. We're right. We've yeah. never been there, and we're right. The Italian heritage gets them whipped up. You know, someone tell my dad to get his old ass off the <laughs> sofa. Anyway, giant Jesus. I don't think like the the Jews would never do a giant Moses, would they? No. That's no, enough. We, the, it, generally, the Jews are not going to stay in one place long enough to build a giant thing. Yeah. If history has taught us anything It's just going to get shot in the balls by a Palestinian rocket anyway Why deal with it And then also you guys were going to be like You know what, we got our fill with the pyramids We're done schlepping the rocks You understand? You worked in construction, would you want to build a giant thing like that? I'd build a giant me I feel like (laughs) But anyone else, uh, not open for discussion You know what I mean? And would you make it so that people could climb up inside it? I would 
And I'd add a little something to the arms. You know what I mean? Are you, Action like guns figure or, style. Oh. Yeah, put a little vein, put a little extra tricep on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? What are you talking about? I'd definitely enlarge the junk area. I'd probably make like the crotch area gift shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, yeah. Snack shack. That's smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. People get a corn dog or something like that, churro, other phallic related things. Right. You know what I mean? Kibasa. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. would this be like an Adam Carolla land? Like Wally World? Well, it would start with the huge, you know, the huge statue erected to me, and then later on we'd have the other areas as well that were, you know, erected to me as well. I say erect, it sounds funny yeah. now, I know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the various amusements that could be at your amusement park. Well, you could throw things at kids with nut allergies. There could be like the hamper of mystery. <laughs> Things like that. I'm just spitballing here. What might be in the hamper? Mystery. It's called of mystery. (laughs) So you really think I'm going to tell you? Obviously, I I don't even know. I'm not even privy to that. Okay. I like to keep the mystery in the hamper. But what stays, (laughs) what goes on in the hamper of mystery, stays in the hamper of mystery. That's one thing I know. And just envisioning socks. I'd focus on uh, the the likeness of me. Probably make it. How, how tall is the Brazilian Jesus? One Brazilian guy. I'd aunt, I'd make it taller, so I could say it was taller. Right. But I'd just put a blimp more Jesus. on top. I'd make like an antenna or something on top of my <laughs> head, right. and then I'd put a propeller on top of it. It'd be funny, like I was that wearing be a beanie. And uh, I'd focus on that. It'd just be me in slippers and a bathrobe. Mm-hmm. You know, little morning wood, just I to l- kind of give it some dimension. I like it. And then when you make a speech about it, like the grand unveiling, you can talk about how this has been so humbling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have a ribbon cutting ceremony, yeah. things like that. I'd do the thing, too, where I started the construction, where I got the silver shovel and I overturned the first piece of earth and I'd just hand it to a Mexican and walk away. That, that'd, be, that'd be my thing. It's 100 feet tall. So I'd go 102 feet just to add a little something. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. Ken, at you. <laughs> Let's talk about you for a second. Where, when, when you shoot the uh, Gymkhana stuff, wh- and, wh- and why is it called Gymkhana, and why does it sound like Gymkhana, the great, great movie from the 80s? Well, Gymkhana is just a, a very simple grassroots motorsport, like autocross. Uh-huh. So, basically, an organizer will set up a course, like in the parking lot of a stadium, but there's certain obstacles that you need to either slide or drift around. And mm-hmm. they'll set up something where you have to do a 720 around just a simple cone. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, about like a, the, how about a real obstacle, like your parents not believing in you? Wouldn't you say that'd be a greater obstacle? Sure. You know, anyone can get around a pylon, but your parents yeah. not believing in you? That's Don't the you most feel like extreme that's, of all. That's the toughest obstacle of all? You're really bringing in some personal stuff. Do you stuff think here. you could get around that obstacle, Ken? I could try. Okay. Sorry, where were we? <laughs> so anyway, I I, uh, I started doing some Jim Connor events uh, in like 2007 just to get extra seat time in the car. Sure. And we don't have tarmac rallies in our national championship here in the states, and I wanted that sort of experience. Uh, so I started doing these events just for fun to get more seat time, and uh, and I built built a very specific car to race in them. Uh, and as soon as it was finished being built, the guy that was doing the events quit doing them. Uh-huh. So the first Gymkhana video is actually really, it's called testing and practice. It's literally, I went to one of the locations where I 
did one of the events and just filmed some actual testing and practice. Right. And we put that video up and it, it went viral very quickly and we knew that kind of people like to see this sort of thing. So, uh, and from there, it, we just kept making videos because uh, all my sponsors and everybody really liked it. <laughs> the, thing that's, the thing that's cool about it is, uh, you know, you realize with what, what I do, not everyone's into my particular breed or brand of comedy. But with the cars doing the donuts and the smoke coming out all four tires and just missing the old lady pushing the shopping cart, that's universal. I mean, you have 20 million downloads. They're m- half of them are probably from countries that don't speak English, right? I mean, that's probably huge in many parts of Asia, and that, right? Uh, yeah, internationally, the, the, it's uh, quite big. We, you know, the numbers from here in the States are quite impressive, but really... Uh, with motorsports, you have a, a genuine global appeal. You know, you know where F1 racing is huge. You know where they're very passionate about F1 racing. Everywhere but the states. Brazil, Brazil. <laughs> Brazil. Wasn't Ayrton Senna? Wasn't he Brazilian? Yes. Yes, Senna, Brazilian. And guess had a huge goddamn parade when he came back after winning an F1 championship. It's not like any Brazilian was like, eh, he's won the F1 championship three years uh, out of the last five. Cheeks oh. for that. Oh, no. Another reason to have a parade. Although, Adam, they may have just been having a parade anyway when he landed. It's but- true. It could, be, it could have been a coincidence. It's got to suck to be a business owner in Brazil. Like, where's everybody? Parade. Everyone's half naked. They're out on the street. Jesus, it's what is what's going on? I feel like this is our fourth parade this week, and it's only Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the Wednesday parade. Yeah, we're all booked. <laughs> all right, should we do? Uh, Ken, you want to hang out? We'll do a little uh, news, by the way. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, you got a hard out, don't you, buddy? Oh, you don't? Oh, it's just BS from your publicist. Good. Okay. And that was Ken Block live back in 2013. Rest in peace, Ken. Um, See, yes, yeah, about to happen right now. D- 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 yeah. Exactly a decade later. It's so weird. And then with Ken Block and all of his amazing uh, car gymnastics, I mean, the stuff he did is like so beyond. Like it's like, oh, well, he's a dangerous driver. So, no, 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 no. You, you just don't. You don't understand what this guy does. He's a and, he was a very precise driver and just uh, very precision. skilled. Yeah, yes. watch Jim Connor and you'll you'll understand. If you think you know he's a precision driver, you watch it, you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, whatever you think that is, just multiply it by a thousand, and you might get kind of close to one of the stunts. All right. Yeah, well, the anyway, footage of that stuff will live on forever. It infinite. really will. It 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 it's timeless. It, it truly is. And I, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll be missed. All right. Well, that will do it for today's episode of Cruel Classics. But don't worry. We still release our Sunday episodes in the Cruel Classics feed. So make sure to subscribe to that if you're listening to this on the Adam Cruel Show feed. And thank you so much for taking the time to hang with us today and telling a friend about the show. We really appreciate it. We got big things coming this year, and we can't wait to show all of you. So thanks again for listening. My name is Chris Loxmana. That's Super Fan Giovanni. Mahalo and get it on.